it's Andrew Wilkow. Here's my opening monologue from today's Wilkow Majority on Sirius XM Patriot. The Democrats have turned the corner and are now seeking to jail not just the de facto leader of their political opposition, but anyone who would be aligned with him. It's a final solution. How dare you say that, Andrew? That's Nazi speak. Well, you guys throw that around haphazardly, but it is a final solution. The idea that they would start throwing people in jail. I mean, you look at some of these charges. They're insane. Fannie Willis is charging Mark Meadows for asking Representative Scott Perry, his former colleague, for the telephone number of the Pennsylvania Speaker of the House. How is that a crime in Fulton County? The answer is it's not. Look at what they're doing now. What is... What is Trump charged with in the D.C. case? 18 U.S.C. 241. That's the Anti-Klan Act. What is he charged with in Georgia? RICO. Anti-Mafia. They are seriously acting like they have to put... They are invoking an an emotion. Not just in voters, but in the jurors. This man is somewhere between the Klan and the Mafia. Now, I'll sit here all day. You give me one executive action or one piece of legislation that Donald Trump signed that's somewhere between the Klan and the Mafia. They know what they're doing. They are acting just like Antifa does. You're either with us or against us. You're either a communist or a fascist. They are anti-fascist. Every, everything, they are the hammer. Everything else is the nail. And this is being coordinated by Barack Obama. Let's not let's not kid ourselves. This is Joe Biden is in mental decline. He's not behind this. I know it'd be easy to say that this demented old codger is behind this. He's not. When Obama said he had a pen and a phone, he wasn't kidding. This is Barack Obama. This is Barack Obama. This is Eric. It's not even Hillary Clinton. Okay, it's not even Hillary Clinton. She can laugh out loud all she wants. She's she's outside the circle here. This is Barack Obama. This is the way they're getting to their final plan. This is their final solution. That border is going to remain wide open until we are overrun and overwhelmed and replaced in our own country. I'm going to read something to you. You probably, some of you might know this, that environmentalism has nothing to do with the environment. Hegel, Marx, all of those Hegel, I believe, was the first one to come up with it. But Columbia University, not exactly a bastion of conservative thinking, has a white paper called Nazi Ecology. Actually, we should put that Nazi Ecology. And I want you to listen to something very carefully. If you live in rural America, I want you to stop what you're doing, and I want you to listen very carefully. I've been telling you about the 15-minute cities or affirmatively furthering fair housing. I've been telling you about building up where we build out. I've been telling you, I'll tell you again, if the central authority controls land, labor, and capital, consent of the governed doesn't mean anything anymore. I want to read something to you. I want you to listen very carefully to what I'm about to say. Well, read to you. The core of Nazi rural socialism was the idea that land use must be planned. Gottfried Fader was a leading Nazi charged with the duty of formulating such policy. He made a speech in Berlin in 1934 in which he stated that the right to build homes or factories 
or to use land according to personal interests of owners was to be abolished. The government instead would dictate how land was to be used and what would be constructed on it. Fader but next began to build up an elaborate administrative machinery to carry out his plan. What do you see happening around you right now? The government is taking over high-speed internet. The government is taking over charging stations. The government is taking over the energy sector with solar farms and, and, and windmills. They are destroying natural gas. They are destroying natural oil. They are taking ever more control of the use of land. Affirmatively furthering fair housing does exactly that. The Green New Deal does exactly that. Build Back Better does exactly that. I don't have to make this stuff up. And I don't know. Do you hear this anywhere else? I won't sit behind this microphone and say I'm the only one. That's not my bit. Everyone who does what I do, whose careers may be bigger, whose careers may not be as big, everyone's got a passion issue. They do their own research, at least most of them do. This is one of mine. Seeing this paradigm between the communists and the national socialists and or the fascists, one leads to the other. You want a simple, simple example? Cuba and Venezuela. What started with a people's revolution, allegedly. Or better, more, more modern example. Hugo Chavez came into office in 1998 on a platform he called 21st century socialism. That was the plan for the future going forward. And it started innocent enough. Housing for the poor. You've heard me joke, we're going to build the favelas. Housing for the people. In my grotesque, you know, South American, sort of Mexican sport radio host vibe, you know, go, 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 go. So they started building these government-run homes that turned into prisons almost instantly. Uh, you know, that's something that Americans, we, we, we look at the landscape of like Brazil or Venezuela, we go, oh, wow, look look at these you know, yellow, orange, and pink homes. The people are not, they're painting them that because they're miserable. It's not just some kitschy, vibrant culture they have going. It's, it's how do you cover the, the walls of the gray prison they built? But anyway, Hugo Chavez started doling out to the poor. Innocently enough, it sounded. But then he nationalized the oil industry. And for a time, he was flush with cash. So there was free health care, free education, free housing. He got all the votes of the poor. In places like Caracas, which is now a pit of hell. But the problem was, he put political cronies in charge of the oil industry. Now they're importing oil. Then he started seizing farmland. And the people that had been farming... A cattle industry, for generations, the people with the know-how and the skill, when soldiers literally showed up and said, this land and those cows belong to the people. That was the end of that. They ran the people off that had the knowledge. So once you slaughter all those cows, that's all you're getting. Then he started seizing retail and capping prices. This is the most you could charge for a rice cooker. And once those were depleted from the shelves and they ran the people out of retail, the country went into a downward spiral. But it started innocently enough. Environmentalism has nothing to do with the environment. 
It has everything to do with controlling the people. That's all that it is. Right there. The socialists believe it and the Nazis believed it. If there never was a Third Reich, Germany would have been a communist country. If the Communist Party had defeated the National Socialist German Workers' Party, they would have been a communist country. And if you think communists are any less warlike, go look at Joseph Stalin. And this is what's sad. You think any of this is being taught in government schools? Right now, teachers across the country are telling their students just how amazing Joe Biden is. And how wonderful the Democrat Party is. And oh, by the way, if you want to cut your breasts off, come see me after class. We have an education system that isn't teaching civics. Teaching about the Nazi party is not promoting the Nazi party. It is teaching what their plans were to educate young people so they understand. Now, if you want to teach socialism, communism, fascism, free market capitalism, libertarianism, have at it. But teach these students these specifics. The plan wasn't for it to, to improve the water or the soil or the air. It was to give the government control of land. Land, labor, capital. The government tells you if you could build a factory, your workers will have to be unionized and your loans will come from the government. Land, labor, capital. And the only thing standing in the way right now, because... The Democrats have gotten away with useless, feckless, go along. See, as long as their cups run over, Republicans don't act. They're in the oasis. They might be somewhat something that must be tolerated, I guess, on some level. But where do you see who among the Republicans, maybe a Thomas Massey, maybe a Rand Paul, maybe a Marco Rubio who's experienced, whose family experienced fleeing Cuba, maybe a Mike Lee. There's a handful of them, maybe a Chip Roy, maybe a Jim Jordan. But do you see real intellectualism, intellectual conservative, an intellectual argument coming from Mitch McConnell? No, you don't. And I got to be honest, I really haven't heard any of it from Kevin McCarthy. Paul Ryan presented himself as some kind of student of Ayn Rand. And what did we get? I'll admit I'll be the first to admit that when Paul Ryan would cite like Ayn Rand, I'd be like, wow, cool, great. And then he got in there and became a hack like the rest of them. So who's out there explaining this stuff? Who's out there in the Republican Party warning about what it is? And I can tell you who's pulling the strings right now. It's Neera Tandon and John Podesta and Ron Klain and Barack Obama. There's your core of people right there. This isn't Joe. Joe Biden doesn't have these ideas. Joe Biden was happy to be in the club of senators that did steak lunches. That's Chris Dodd. That was Ted Kennedy. That was Biden, Lindsey Graham, Mitch McConnell. They're all, they're all, it's a, it really is a uniparty, at least in the Senate. Ted, we need a Ted Cruz. We need a Marco Rubio. I need, you know what I need from Rubio? I need Rubio to step up and say, look, I guess I made a mistake trying to work with Lindsey Graham on immigration. I know 
what communism looks like because my parents fled it. And I'm going to be an anti-communist in the United States Senate. You want anti-fascist action, we'll give you anti-communists. My friend Jesse Kelly wrote the book, The Anti-Communist Manifesto. You should probably read it. Become an anti-communist. See, they'll say that makes you a national socialist. No, it doesn't. It makes you a conservative constitutionalist. These people are too dumb to understand their own paradigm. It's a final solution. It's a final solution that we are going to put you in jail if you oppose our plan. We played around. We messed around. Sure, we might have fudged some election numbers or had some election fraud, but we're done playing these behind-the-curtain games. You mess with us, you're going to prison. And God knows how many people are going to get swept up in that until fear sets in. We're right. They're wrong. That's the end of the story. The arguments on this radio program cannot be broken. Go ahead and try. Serious XM Patriot. You can join me live on the Will Count Majority, Monday to Friday, noon to 3 East, 9 to noon West, on Sirius XM Patriot, Channel 125.